The following podcast contains spoilers and words such as done and bother. Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Watched a Thing. It's Billy and Topher. We hope you're doing well. How are you doing, Toph? Always good. That's good. I'm I'm a, I'm a little less good. I watched this movie last night, and my wife was out. She was out at a ballet, and it was a glorious night, so I lit the fire, and I accidentally had a few too many beers, and then my child didn't sleep. So I've had zero sleep, and I'm a little hungover, so I'm not- Feeling great. Mm. How was drunk parenting, though? Oh, the worst. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had such a pounding headache and she was being such a turd. <laughs> but I, I blame you for this, really. How's that? Well, because I messaged you and your lovely partner and I said, have you watched Stowaway yet? Am I in for a good night or not? Well, actually, I blame your partner because she's the one who wrote back saying, if I'd had a few more beers, it might have been good. (laughs) And that just, you know, I was like, okay, well, I guess I got to do this then. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, did the night conclude with me getting a cheeky double quarter pounder and nugs delivered and me throwing the evidence in the fire? It might have. Uh, it's a good thing your wife doesn't listen to this, so she'll never know. <laughs> she'll never know. Uh, all right. So, yes, we are talking about Stowaway, a 2021 science fiction thriller film written by Joe Penner and Ryan Morrison and directed by Penner. The film stars Anna Kendrick, Daniel Day Kim, Shamir Anderson and Tony Collette. And what is it about, Toph? So, some people go to Mars, three of them to be exact. Yep. And then it turns out there's another person on the ship and dramas. Dramas ensue. There's, you know, you need a ticket. Well, that's right. There's you can't not, just turn not enough oxygen for one extra person, mate. Yeah. It's not bring a friend. <laughs> Space travel. <laughs> Is there any kind of travel that's bring a friend? I don't think they'd let you bring a friend on a plane. <laughs> Even a car trip. Even a car trip, if 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 we were arranged that I was driving somewhere and you were coming with me, and then you brought a friend without telling me, I can't say I'd be happy about it. I've done. I've I've driven someone to Sydney under that arrangement before. What? Where you just you just bring a random and and didn't know they yeah. were coming? Really? Yeah, we were going to Sydney. Picked someone up, and they were like, "Oh, hey, this person's here. Can we drop him wherever? What are you going to do?" <laughs> <laughs> There you go. So, you're the Anna Kendrick of the group. Yes, I think that's fair to say. <laughs> you're the David. Just murder them. <laughs> so, I, I guess I kind of know that you didn't enjoy this film based on the message last night. I don't know how much you didn't enjoy it, just that you guys thought it would have been better with a beer. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, did you not enjoy this film? Certainly not aggressively, but I don't think it's very good. This is this is hard. This is really hard. Do I think the film is good? No. Do I think that it's an exceptionally well put together film? Yeah, kinda. Like to to me, the biggest flaws 
start and end with the screenplay. And I know that usually would you would say, well, yeah, but that's the end of it. That's like that's the biggest thing. I kind of think that the production design, the the attention to detail is so strong in this film that it kind of can carry past those flaws for me. I got no beef with the sets. <laughs> that's I'm totally with you there. Um I think they do a they do a good job in the filmmaking of making a space film cheaper than it otherwise could be to make um, with the- like they never set themselves or they very rarely set themselves up for a zero g scenario for instance yes um and it it's that's never it's not a glaring thing like it makes sense yeah, I was reading too that there there were a lot of um consultants on the film you know astronauts and and scientists i I think that really shows man this this has to be one of the most I mean, plot flaws and, and stuff aside, this is a very realistic look at space, I think. And I, I love the production designs. The sets have this amazing way of showing you the vastness of space while still feeling extremely claustrophobic at the same time. It's a really nice piece of design, I think. Yeah, I like the internal stuff, as I said. There's things like, I mean, I read somewhere today, it was like, it's like anyone else noticed that the stars move in the wrong direction out the windows? <laughs> no, I didn't. So I don't know. That. I don't know what the consultants were doing, but not enough. <laughs> and they don't have the shields. Like I, I even noticed this watching it when they blast off at the very beginning of the film, and the the shields on the helmets are up. And I was like, that doesn't seem like like shouldn't they be down? Like if anything goes pear shaped, <laughs> and you're like pressed back in your seat, how are you putting your visor down? <laughs> yeah. How is there not a consultant? One of the consultants was like, oh, just quietly, Tony. Just slide that down, would you? <laughs> Unless every other film ever has got it wrong and they really do take off with them up. I, I would think visors down is <laughs> well, mate, is how you do that. You're not an astronaut. What do you know? No, no, but I wanted to be. <laughs> you, well, then you should have learned some shit. <laughs> probably. That was- yeah. um, That was- the floor in my plan. Yeah, maybe it's because you thought visors down. Maybe that's why you never became an astronaut. I put that on my application. <laughs> Anna Kendrick just did it for a laugh in this film. I was like, visors down. And they were like, this kid's fucked. So is that really what you wanted to to be when you were a kid, astronaut? Because you know, everyone kind of fell into groups. Yeah, that, that was and my thing. I, I think there's like a bit of an age thing. When I was a kid, the big thing was marine biologist. Man, none of us wanted to be marine biologists. Yeah, it was the strangest thing, the 90s, man. But so you wanted to be an astronaut. Yeah, all the way. I wanted to be an explorer. And then I got really, really bummed out when I found out that there's nothing left to explore. You, that's not a job you can have these days. <laughs> <laughs> I was so defo. You know, because I was a mad, like, Sinbad You're going to be like fan. Buster Bluth, be a cartographer. <laughs> The guy who thought the land on the map was blue. <laughs> the spirit of little me who wanted to be an astronaut still lives. Any t- Like space movies? Yep, I'm here. Yep. I'm here for them. More space movies, please. Love them. Love them for the most part. <laughs> Didn't love this one. <laughs> um, so let's talk cast then. Literally only four people. It's a shame that one of those people is Anna Kendrick, because I really don't like Anna Kendrick. The times that I've seen Anna Kendrick in a film, which is, I don't know how many times, 
let's say five. There's this, there's the accountant. Oh, I totally forgot she was in the accountant. Yeah. There's up in the air. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm particularly well versed in the Kendrick verse, but every time I look, every time I watch her, I'm like, I think she's talented, but she's not right for this role. But I'm yet to see the thing where I'm like, yes, this is the role that you were meant to do. I enjoy her in Pitch Perfect. I, I think you know that's a fun little. And Maybe to that me, was it, but I just haven't seen it. To me, I think that's where she. You know, because she she sings. My understanding is she does a lot of Broadway stuff. I think that she would be a far better stage actress than she is a screen actress. Because I think you can quite often see the cogs turning. You can see that she's acting. I think because she's so big and broad with everything, which on stage is what you need because people are watching you from a very great distance. But on screen, I I just don't, I never sense any subtlety in her. You were right when you messaged me. It's, and this is this is strange, but it's actually weirdly weird to hear Tony Collette using her normal voice. It's so rare that we hear it. It's so funny, you know. When the movie started, and from memory, she's one of the first voices that you hear, but she's off screen at the time. I didn't even make the connection that was Tony Collette. I knew that, you know, like, I looked at the poster. I saw that it only had the four actors on it. I knew she was one of them. I still thought that that must have been, like, you know, a Houston-style voice talking to them. Because I just- you, you actually don't expect that from Tony Collette. I can't think since Muriel's wedding, the last time I heard her with her real voice. <laughs> Do you think that that was a choice? Like, do you think that they cast her as an Australian, that the director asked her to do that? Or do you think she was the one who said, I'm just going to use, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be me? Yeah, I don't know. Because they're, fun fact, there are Australian astronauts. Yeah, so absolutely there are. Yeah. Like, it checks out. Yeah, but for some reason, it's always very, I don't know, it's always really strange to hear it, I think. I think the jarring thing for us is that, in everyday life, just talking to only Australians, we don't realise it. And then when our accent is placed against other accents, we realise how hideous it is. I know. That, yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. You, like, when, when we just talk, I don't hear it. But when you've been overseas or something and you're in the airport and you hear that disgusting bogan <laughs> asking for a fucking crown lager or something at Qantas Club... <laughs> You're like, oh, no, is that what we sound like? It's a horrifying moment when it happens. <laughs> it really, really is. <laughs> Just horrifying. We should be ashamed of ourselves. Um, one thing that you know about me, Billy, I'm a sucker for a news report in a film. Yeah, to, you are, strangely. To share exposition. I think it's a bit much when it's a full interview. <laughs> Of a character just explaining who everyone is and what they do. I was like, come on. I thought that because they interview like all three of them and it, it kind of comes out of nowhere. It wasn't even clear to me that it was a news report at the start. It was just this very strange talking head style. And I, I was, yeah, I didn't love it. I did not like that at all. That was lazy AF. It was bad. So then- it doesn't take too long into the film until you get to what the title of the film suggests will happen. It's not a surprise. Um, 
that there's a fourth person on this craft. Um, probably don't want to think too much about how that happened. It's, I mean, come on. Yeah, to me, this is where the film falls down and this is its biggest weakness is that it doesn't ask that question and it doesn't answer. And it's 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 strange. He's not- They do just- ask it and they do answer. They ask the question and they answer it and it's just silly. I don't recall it getting answered as to how he got like- Inside that fucking wall. He was, you know, he was checking something and then, well, I don't know, something. And I was like, okay, that's silly. Yeah, it doesn't- It's it, very silly. Yeah, there are better ways to have a stowaway on board. <laughs> Absolutely. I must say from there, though, I actually quite like the plot of the film. I think that, that it's a really interesting- You know, like most, most films like this would have gone in like the psychological thriller- Start, you know, like that kind of space drama. This kind of stays away from that and and hangs more in the philosophy of it. Like this, this whole film really is the trolley problem. Do do you kill one person to save everybody else? And I actually quite like that. That's where the film goes, and I don't mind the way it handles it. Yeah, so I love that as the premise of the film. That that's what it sets out to do. I don't think it remotely succeeds. In actually exploring it. Yeah, okay. I and I think that's a completely fair criticism. I would agree that it, it doesn't it doesn't ever go to those depths. This isn't a philosophy movie. This isn't the good place the movie. <laughs> but But then unfortunately it's also not a plot driven movie. So if it's not the philosophy movie Yeah, then kind of what then is Then why it? am I watching yeah, it? Yeah. I yes, I know what you're saying, because it's not it's not like it's a character study. It's 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 a situational study, but if it's not deep enough, then yeah, I totally get that. How are these people not even setting a watch on this guy? <laughs> he just gets up and starts wandering around. It's like there's probably things he could touch that would not be good. Maybe yeah. someone should watch. I know. And, and and especially before they've even really confirmed who he is. Like he says, yes, he works for whatever the stupid name of the organization is. It's Hyperion, wasn't it? Hyperion, that's it. <laughs> um, but yeah, before they even confirm good that books. with Hyperion, they just let him- Go off. <laughs> Books, you say? I think of arcade machines. Uh, there's four of them. The first two are good. The second two are not. <laughs> and so there's- I mean, I, I know they explain it away. Well, they kind of explain it away. Like, yeah, no, nah, we checked. But you really can't turn this thing around? Yeah, that's the thing. It doesn't- it's not- this isn't passengers. They haven't been flying for hundreds of- Years with people frozen, like I mean, they left like a day or two ago, right? And even if you, even if it meant okay, you need to refuel, you need to do all these things, even if it cost you a month in doing that, it's a two-year mission. Yeah, like live with it. Yes, I, I agree. I was completely. just like you, like really, we're just going to carry on. Yeah, especially when what it could ultimately lead to is the death of the entire crew. <laughs> it's- yes, yeah, they've already, as they then explain a way to make it. To make us not question why there aren't more redundancies that they've that they're already stretched in having three people there, yeah, um, which already just seems beyond belief that they'd be like, oh yeah, we'll just really push the boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the captain on the Titanic. All right, spark up that fourth smoker or whatever it was called. Let's stretch our legs. Three people seems like a very small number of people for a mission of that length. How many people are on the ISS at any given time? Is it like four? You know what? We have the technology. 
Here How many people are on the ISS? Three. An international crew of six astronauts live at the ISS, and since November 2000, the station has been continuously occupied. Ideally, there are three people permanently on the station, and the crew takes rotation to leave periodically. Wow, so three at any time? Well, there you go. Maybe maybe it makes more sense than I thought. <laughs> but not for two years in a row. I don't know. It sounds like there's only six of these people, and they rotate in groups of three. I don't know how long they do at a stretch, but... Yeah, but that's it. You get to stretch your legs. <laughs> Otherwise, you get the space madness. Yeah, yeah. Space madness is a real thing. And I, I wish that they'd gone more into space madness here. What do you think would be worse, or do you think they'd be the same? Do you think space madness would be any different to sea madness? Uh, I think it's closely related to the screaming moists. Like, do you reckon they're literally just the same thing? That it's just like some kind of offshoot of claustrophobia and- Yeah. Interesting. I always wanted to- Like, if- I'm, I'm the weird one here. My wife has this argument with me all the time. If you had the choice to either go into outer space or into the deep ocean, I'm deep ocean every time. I, I stopped having this conversation with you 10 years ago because I'm just like, you're insane. I would so happily go in a submarine. <laughs> There's nothing- like, you just get down there, a light would shine on a muddy ocean floor. Great. That was definitely better than space. I think- You know what? I think it has to do with my whole wishing I could be an explorer thing. That's like the one part of the Earth that hasn't been explored. I might discover something. Yeah. You could find the Meg. I could, I could find the Meg. <laughs> <laughs> I could find a giant squid. I always wanted to see well, a just giant squid. Do me a favour, mate. When you're down there, you put the visor down on your helmet, okay? <laughs> okay. I promise I will. <laughs> I'll say this about the film. I like the um, no idea to what extent the science checks out. I like the stuff with the algae and and the oxygen. Yeah. That's one bit where I'm like, I like this. You know, you're, you're trying to problem solve. You're doing some sciencey shit. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me of The Martian. I was going to say a bit of serious Martian vibes. Yeah. Which I think is the the best example of- I, you You haven't read the book of The Martian, have you? The book is like intensely better than the film. But yeah, yeah, I love that whole real life. And again, I don't know if the science checks out, but that whole idea of using real world science out there to try and get by. Yeah, it's cool stuff. Yeah, David's in there sciencing the shit out of it. <laughs> then, we, then we find out quite startlingly that David's very keen to just get his murder on. <laughs> He takes shockingly little convincing. Tony Collette's like, look, we just don't have the oxygen. And David's like, well, fuck. Let's treat this guy like a xenomorph and blow his ass out an airlock. And Tony Collette was like, I was going to say we should turn around. David's like, nah, fuck that. Well, I mean- And I just like, I'm okay with David getting there. Oh, me too. That's where David winds up. Like like one like one character has to wind up there for this for this to work at all. Yeah, yeah. That's where at least one character has to wind up. I just don't buy the way that David gets there. No, no, no. no I absolutely and ha- and how quickly and how quickly it happens. No, just no. Trust me, that is so real. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> the most realistic thing in this film. If you have a group of four people and they're trapped somewhere, it will not take long before one goes murdery. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> if 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 you. Me and Todd were trapped in an elevator. 
I give Todd four hours before yeah. he's trying to fucking neck us. Keanu Reeves gets no chance <laughs> to rescue us all because <laughs> Billy's already murdered Todd. Yeah. No, I'm telling you, in a group of three people, one is always going to go murdery. <laughs> it's just science. It's just good science. It's science. <laughs> yeah. One out of three, famously. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, after we skip past what I think should be a really good film, which is the the ache and torture of what do we do here, um, doesn't happen. We get to what is a very serious, like a very serious chunk of this film, which is the tether sequence. Which wants to be gravity. Where they find out that actually there is a chance here. We can possibly uh, siphon some oxygen out of something up the other end of a something. And I think it's, I think it's a lot. I think that's mostly a pretty good watch, that sequence. Um, if you can get past the fact that, like, people working on your roof are meant to wear a harness. How hard is it to just loop something around this? Like, wh- why are they not? It's like it's dumb. It's just <laughs> dumb. But it's still a fun watch. Yeah, I agree. To, I'm, I don't know. To me, I, I much preferred what happened. Prior to that, once we get towards the kind of finale, that's when I kind of stopped being interested. I would love to have been interested in what was happening before that. I would have loved it. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think I just really liked the premise for the film. And much like you who's saying it didn't live up to it, I think the problem is that I spent so long waiting for it to get to the premise. And then by the time I realized it wasn't going to do that- I had just kind of lost interest no matter what was happening. When she goes back for the, ultimately, the suicide mission for the next tank of oxygen. Yeah. And they even say, like, how long is the solar storm going to last? Like, well, hours. So, wait a few hours. They're not hours away from running out of oxygen. What's well, going on? Well, I mean, are they? That's that's the thing about this film. It well, they said that they could wait 10. They said, like, what's the critical time? 20 days. Okay, we're going to wait 10. Yeah. So we know, we know, they've already told us we're not at that point. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Anna Kendrick did not have to die. Yeah, that's true. That's, yeah. As long as Daniel Day Kim doesn't die, he's a treasure. Do I know him? Do you know him? You'd know Daniel Day Kim. Hawaii Five-0? Nope. I didn't know anyone had watched Hawaii Five-0. Lost. Nope. You must have watched Lost. You haven't watched uh, Lost. You, you know you know this. You know that it's one of the best television shows ever made. I know that it's your favourite and that's a very different thing. Oh. I don't know if it is my favourite anymore. I think The Good Place might have taken it over. Really? Even after it got not that good? Oh, how dare you. How very dare you. It was still fine. It was still fine. Oh, it's it an exception. It, it was not it was not it was not season one. That is really surprising to me. To, to me, it just grows and grows and grows. Season one is is not that interesting in hindsight compared to the rest of the series. I think season one's much better because and it's it's hung up with all this philosophical stuff, unlike this movie. Yeah, yeah. Also, fun fact: apparently, the amount of solar radiation that she gets exposed to, she'd be fine. So again, I don't know what these consultants were doing. <laughs> At least she had her visor down when she was out in the vacuum of space. That was a step <laughs> forward. Um, now, let me say, the, the very end of the film, 
I mostly quite like, even though it's ridiculous that she went out there into this thing, which is going to kill her, even though it wouldn't. Um, the, the final moments of this film are really good if it weren't for the voiceover. Yeah. It yeah. goes back to her talking about applying to this thing and yeah. absolutely ruins what was going to be a really good scene. Yeah. And it's 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 word for word, right? Like, it's, it's yep. the exact same voiceover we've had at, earlier in the film. Yep. I like- But I like, like, the film gets to this point and it's like, all right, yeah, we're hitting stop. This is- this is the story we're telling. This is the end of it. Yeah. Um, bam. We finally, in a, in, in, a, in a sneakily good move, we finally look forward to Mars, which I didn't realize. Like, I, I knew that we'd been seeing Earth getting smaller out of the window, but I, I hadn't really thought about the fact that we hadn't looked forward yet yeah. until the very end of the film. We get our first look at Mars as she's sitting there looking forward to it. And it's a- it's a cool bit of direction, um, yeah. and it's completely ruined by the voiceover. I mean, as I said at the start, I, I actually think that the- I mean, this is a really, really, really nice looking film. I think that this is shot really well, and I think the production design from start to end is very, very good. As I said, it's almost enough to raise it up for me regardless of the, the script issues and-, and but. It's a really nice looking film. Like there, there is a lot of attention to detail here. I think. Yeah, it hasn't turned me off space, <laughs> like as a concept. <laughs> um. So, how are you scoring this then? In the end, I very nearly gave it a five, but I, I can't live with myself. I'm going four. I do think it's subpar. Okay. Like for a, for what is set up as a, like a. You know, a character-based philosophical film, but no one wrestles with a decision for more than 15 seconds. You know, David's only struggle is not telling Michael straight away. <laughs> He's like, hey, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> um, at no point did this film make me feel bad for Michael or angry at David, for instance. It just didn't connect in that way at all. So, I don't, look, I don't hate the film, but I've, I've also, I can't, I can't go positive on it. So, I'm four out of ten. Okay, it does actually just pass for me. I'm a, I'm a five, and I was nearly a six, um, but yeah, I agree with you. For- Maybe I should have got hammered. <laughs> I just I just had too many. I just lost track, mate. I didn't that actually have to the best of us. The and the problem is that I didn't actually have that many beers. I only had three. The problem was that they were the weakest was eight point five. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I, I was very nearly a six, but I in the end, I had to go off a five because I did lose interest by the end. And that's one of the worst things a film can do is when when you want to pull your phone out during a movie, that's not a great movie. <laughs> All right, what are we getting to next week? Next week, I think we're going to watch uh, Michael B. Jordan brutalize people. Yeah. What, what's, what's it called again? <laughs> I think I think you need you need to say it as the person doing the voiceover. Yeah, the it's something like I think. the something. Michael B. Jordan is without remorse. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I bet it's shit. <laughs> Probably, but I hope Michael B. Jordan brutalizes a bunch of people, and it's kind of fun. <laughs> um. 
We've also got a patron request for seven psychopaths. Shall we? Shall we do that as a <laughs> seven what? Seven psychopaths? Not psychopaths. Oh, I've never heard any other human <laughs> on earth say psychopaths. It's like you're talking about a path that's a psycho. <laughs> Psychopath. Oh, that sounds weird though. Do you say do you say bath or bath? <laughs> bath. Do you say pastor or pastor? I say pastor. Yeah, there you go, mate. Psychopath. English English people say pastor. Now now I'm googling the pronunciation. <laughs> All right, I'm 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 actually looking forward to watching that. I I, I really hope it is terrible. <laughs> yeah, I hope I like I'm 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 he- I'm totally here for it if it's like some genuine dumb fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and we'll catch you next week. Watch a movie, folks. Is it no remorse? Huh? Is it called no remorse? Oh no, it's called without remorse. Ah. Okay, let me let me do that. Michael B. Jordan is without remorse. <laughs> that sounds so terrible. <laughs> That's because we have rubbish accents, mate. We've established we've already established that in this episode. We sound ridiculous. We do sound really dumb. Without remorse. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a crown lager. Uh. (laughs) There's like two people listening who get that. (laughs) (laughs) You're one of three kids, so that checks. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm the only one who's not murdery, so that is that's weird. You were just talking about wanting to get your murder on. <laughs> it's the Adelaide in you. <laughs> I, do, I do have a cousin who's in prison in Adelaide for murder. My gran was always defending him because he painted her fence once. <laughs> so she was like, lovely boy. <laughs> he literally murdered people, gran. <laughs> Oh, but he paid There'd be a pretty fence. low bar in Adelaide, though, <laughs> wasn't there? Yeah. It's like, well, in fairness, you only murdered one person. <laughs> yeah. It's not bad by South Australian standards. <laughs>